We are live. Well, thank everybody for tuning in. Um, we are teaming up with our good friends Curve. Say hi, Curve. How's it, eggs? <laughs> um, to bring to you a slightly different podcast tonight. Um, oh, are you okay? Yeah. Something Your face is- just went into a spasm. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just really excited. <laughs> I am. I'm just really excited. Yeah, sorry. So Jira po- podcast and the Race Ride Seat podcast are teaming up for one night only. With the Gus Wagon. With the Gus Wagon. So it's a little bit different, this podcast. Um, but for as many of you know, we've had one of the partners of Curve, Ryan uh, Flynn, over here for most of the summer. Well, pretty much all the year, really. Let's be honest. You, you haven't left. You, you came and you I just I got here when it was freezing cold. Yeah. And I'm and you, leaving uh, when it's freezing and, cold. And you haven't really left. Um, uh, but obviously, it's been a great, you know, sort of year having you over here, which we can talk a little bit about. But over the last month, we've had um, the Gus Wagon. Gus, what's your last name? Burrell. We've had Gus Burrell over. <laughs> um, well... And Angus Guthrie. Angus, Angus Guthrie. Guthrie. Burrell, yeah. And you know what, Gus, you know, we've struck up a bit of a friendship and I really admire and appreciate what you're doing. And, you know, we just wanted to take the opportunity to kind of just bring you into the loop here at this podcast and, um, yeah, see see where it goes, see what happens. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Um, so, Rhino, why don't you introduce Gus as you know him and what brought him here? Yeah, okay. Um, Gus is hes kind of like a young Burt Reynolds um, <laughs> when you look at him. hes uh, He's got more hair than, than most. Mm-hmm. Um, a beautiful top lip. Um, he's kind of been a male model for Rafa for how long, Gus? Uh, a couple of years, a few yeah. years. Yeah, I don't know. and then started hand modelling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we met cycling in Melbourne. We both moved there in, well, I moved there in 2012. When did you get there? Uh, Twenty Beginning of 2016, I got there. Really, 2016. Mm. And Gus was uh, been in the cycling industry for quite some time up in Sydney and um, in, in some bike shops up there, yep. I think. Yep. Um, I think Danny, our head mechanic here at Giro and Gus used to work together the all those years ago yeah, the doctor yeah. the doctor the back bike in the doctor day. Yeah, yeah back in the day Dr. Clark in Clarence Street <laughs> Clarence Street yeah Clarence, Clarence Street, Street Cycles one of the uh, the bastions of bike shops family run been mm. been in Sydney for yeah. decades 70s I think yeah. wow yeah so um, you know like you've done now with Gus we, we struck up a, a friendship through cycling and uh, been on many adventures. And when Gus was running uh, Rafa um, in Melbourne and their their uh, their cycle club and looking after their marketing and and a lot of their events, of course, both being in the cycling industry, we 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 got up to a lot of mischief together. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when that all came to a close, Gus uh, Gus took ownership of one of our well it was our very first prototype um the tank that is the kevin of steel v1 yeah and um he's been all over the world with it so i guess what we wanted to do yeah um was uh, have a have a chat about the gus wagon and his adventures aboard the mighty steel kevin of steel 
Mm. But yeah, I mean, gusts, gusts and curve go go back um, across many years and and many more uh, many more adventures. So it's it's nice to actually just sort of sit down and sink a few cans yeah. and and introduce them to the thank Giro you, family. Uh, thank you for this lovely wine. What are we what are we drinking here, Gus? We've got the nanny goat. Yeah, th- this is a this is an all time bottle of wine. Mm. If you ever get the chance to crack open uh, crack the top off one of these, this is the nanny goat vineyard of central otago i've been um i've had a few of these over the years but uh, a couple of mates of mine um yeah we've we've we sort of know this wine pretty well and have shared it quite a few times and um yeah it's a nice sort of heavy pinot it's uh it's, it's quite nice so nice to be sharing it with you mate cheers cheers, cheers. thank you cheers cheers um all right so gus um Obviously, we met maybe I don't know four, five, six weeks ago now since you arrived here in the UK. Yeah, oh, no, a little bit longer because you went to Lesotho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's probably about six weeks ago, roughly since I since I got here. Yeah. Um, sort of quickly came in, said hello, and then I was up to Scotland and did a bit of a trip through the Highlands there, and then yeah, over to Lesotho for yeah about two weeks there. So. Bit of a whirlwind uh, adventure since first landing here, um, and then I've yeah, it's probably it's been about a month now of just sort of staying here around uh, in in Asia around Giro and um, yeah, just getting involved in the local sort of community and the scene a bit and getting to understand the local culture and uh, yeah, it's been um, so for so for uh, for most of you um, listening out there, how you probably know Gus is the faithful um, Bratwurst griller. And mm. serve it in the Kingston Christmas market. Dressed yeah. as Santa. If you happen to be walking through the Christmas market, you'll see a handsome man mm. behind the grill just throwing bratwurst at people. That's Gus. Yeah. But that's not where Gus's journey began. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, but on, on, on a serious note, so obviously you're here in the UK now. Um, let's wind it back a bit. How have you got to the UK and what's been your journey since, you know, kind of hooking up with the Curve guys in Melbourne and kind of being part of that community to ending up here in the UK? And what are your, and well, we'll talk about what your next plans are, but how have you got here? What's been the journey? What happened and why are you on this quest? Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, I mean, for me, my my sort of cycling journey goes back, a, goes back a, yeah, a long time. I've been riding since I was 14 or yeah 13 14 and I got into mountain biking first off through school and um yeah that that for me where I grew up I grew up in outback country New South Wales on a farm and had never even you know I'd heard of a guy named Lance Armstrong and I'd heard of something called the Tour de France but Mm. I, I had absolutely no comprehension of the sport or you know in that in that world it was rugby union cricket you know that that was sort of it um so yeah, I, I got into mountain biking, cross country mountain biking, and you know, through then it just yeah, literally changed my life, and um, bit by bit, sort of put me on the path to you know being a being a cyclist and and you know racing on the road and mountain bike and all sorts of things, and then yeah, working in the industry, and yeah, over over a long time, came to sort of find myself moving down to Melbourne to take on a role with Rafa and. Uh, yeah, I was down there for three years. I worked with with Rafa for about five years in total, mm-hmm. a couple of years doing some part time stuff over in Asia and Australia, and then yeah, three years of pretty solid full time work down there. And what were you doing for them? Um, 
Yeah, initially I was just sort of looking after the RCC, so the Rafa Cycling Club in Melbourne. Um, And then it just quickly evolved into Australia-wide stuff, um, working with the crew in Sydney. And then, um, yeah, at the time the business was going through some sort of big changes. So I ended up uh, managing and looking after the store and and was just very heavily involved in Australia-wide generally in terms of marketing and social media and everything. So, yeah, it was... um, a great experience got to got to learn a lot about the brand and about um a new place and a new kind of cycling community in melbourne which i'd long wanted to experience yeah. and then uh and uh yeah got to meet as as ryan was mentioning before you know getting involved in the community as we as we sort of did in melbourne and the, for those who don't know melbourne cycling community as ryan would agree and and yourself jordan mm. if you, i think you've been there it's mm. It's pretty special and it's yeah, pretty it unique. Is, yeah. It's very, yeah. It's it's unlike any place I've been to in terms of cycling. So, yeah, we 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 did a lot of work and and just did a lot of riding and adventures and um and yeah, certain lots of good times with the uh, with the whole curve crew and right yeah Ryan and I sort of became became good mates through that and uh, and and a lot of the other curve guys as well. So it's. Yeah, that was sort of yeah. It's a long, it's a long story, as everyone's story is, of getting into the sport and and how and how they come to be where they are with it. But yeah, for me, that's sort of the short version, I guess. Cool. Yeah. And then, so what happened between you being in Melbourne to you getting yeah, on your bike and getting into the great people Asia? People want to know. So what happened and and, we, and what made you? We want to know about Mongolia. We Oof. want to hear about Kyrgyzstan. We want to hear Oof. about the tail of the twisted testicle. <laughs> and we want to hear about the Lesotho expedition. But most of all, we want to understand how Kevin is. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of good content, content in there. Um, well, So strap in, everybody, because <laughs> things are about to get very real and well, very interesting, especially wanna, the twisted testicle story. That is the greatest that? story known to Matt. Is it yeah. chronological order or, or... Just just follow your heart. Follow your heart, yeah. Guthrie. Follow your heart. Just uh, mind the mo on the microphone, though. He's oh. getting real close there. Mm. Might start to get... <laughs> <laughs> well, what comes to mind first is, is Bratwurst. But uh, no, no. <laughs> I've been cooking sausages all day. But no, what what comes? I guess where it, where it started, what led me to the journey was actually something not very cycling related. It's um, some people listening may know of this gentleman, but I would not many people probably do. He's an amazing, amazing guy. His name is Tim Cope, and he's a Victorian. He grew up in Gippsland in uh, in Australia, and he rode a horse. Um, from Mongolia to Hungary. Oh wow! Mm. And this was in the early two thousands. It took him. It took him about three years. Wow! You know, halfway along, his father passed away in Australia. Oh. Went back to you know to you know, be there for the funeral and everything, and then continued on. Um, you know, without a father, and and you know he went yeah across all of that Central Asia, all the stands into Russia. Yeah. It, it just an incredible story. But he wrote a book yeah. and. Um, and made a documentary film about it, which he which he filmed himself for the for the most part. But three years, three years, ten thousand kilometers. <clears throat> yeah, him and his horse, same horse. Uh, he had he he swapped horses, so he would have one. 
yeah. and he would have one or two maybe depending okay, which fine. would carry uh, some of his load, some, yeah, of his, yeah. some of his gear and he would rotate through the horses. Mm. And I think he, he added on or swapped out a horse you know, wow. halfway along a few thousand k's, you know, yeah, yeah. wore out the hooves. And then, um, but his big, the big story was he did it with his dog. Oh, so wow. it, was, it was early on in the piece. I think it was in Mongolia. Tigan, the dog. And um, he rode across... He rode across all the way to Hungary with this dog and his dog became his companion and oh, wow. uh, massive part of the story, the book and the film and everything. And basically the dog became more famous than him in the end. So oh, wow. the story is amazing. And, and the, the, the dog, the breed of the dog is the Tuzzy, which is a um, Kazakh sight hound, I think. Okay. So they're used for hunting rabbits and small small um, animals. But incredible, beautiful-looking dog, really, really gorgeous-looking dog. But the personality of this dog was amazing. And it's a, it's a weird kind of, uh, you know, story of fate or something, if you mm. like. I mean, I'm, I'm not a super spiritual person or anything, mm. but I randomly won tickets uh, to go and, and see him at a book signing oh, in wow. Sydney. And I, yeah, had not heard of this guy. Didn't know anything about the story, and went there with my brother. I'd been sent the book, posted the book in the mail, which I read in you know a day or two wow. days, which for me is a record, you know. And watched the film, watched the documentary, and was just blown away, completely yeah. captivated. And you know, again, Mongolia for me at that point, I'd heard of it, knew there was sort of horses and that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. I, I, seeing it, reading the story, I, I went. I, you know, I want to go there. Wow. And that was where I guess the seed was planted. And then I met this guy, I met Tim, met the dog, Tiggin, at the book signing. Because apparently you can get his paw print as the the stamp. Tiggin's stamp. Yeah, he, he signs, it with oh, his he signs the book. Put yeah, Wikipedia yeah. away over no, there. No, no, no. I'm, I'm very interested in this. Mate, we all know the story coming from Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate. But but yeah, Tim and Tim is an incredible incredible person, and he's made his his life has now become uh, you know sharing his story of, yeah. of his adventure, and and he works with some he works in Mongolia often leading tours and as a guide and things. But before that trip, he also rode a recumbent bicycle with his mate from uh, Moscow to Beijing. Yeah, across, oh, wow. Across, <laughs> yeah, that was before the horse trip. That was where he got the idea. Okay, I'm going to ride back with, uh, you know, on horseback. So, oh, wow. yeah, incredible guy. And that that was how I came to know Mongolia. And that literally just that, this is good. This is not, you know, I don't know, six or seven years ago for me. Yeah. And and that was that planted a seed. And I always kind of it became that thing for that I think everybody has where they say one everyone day. says one day one or day, yeah. that's the place where I yeah, really yeah. want to go. And yeah. you never actually think oh, I'll I'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, the circumstances sort of arose for me to, uh, you know, be able to make a trip like this. And I kind of went, well, I don't want to be one of those people who get to the end of their life and say, well, I wanted to go there or wanted to do yeah, this, of course. but I just didn't. So, yeah, I just made the decision and said, you know, this is a, it's a, it's a, mo- it's a good moment. It's an opportunity. <laughs> you know, I'll, re- I will regret this if I don't do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just I made the decision, and as soon as I made that decision that that's where I wanted to go, it kind of quickly, easily, strangely, very easily fell into place. Everything. So when was this? Uh, this was around September 2018. So September, oh, okay, you know, over, a bit over yeah, 12 wow. months ago. Okay. Um, yeah, work-wise, a few, there was a few changes going on in the in the company, and I wasn't really loving living in Melbourne. Um, 
Mm. I was I was single. I wasn't. I, was, I didn't have anything to sort of tie me down anywhere. And I and I thought the salsa dancing stopped. The salsa classes were over. Uh, yeah, I couldn't dance. No, as well as Gus could. No, and uh, so you had graduated. Yeah, yeah he, he kept. <laughs> okay. He graduated. Yeah, into. I mean, you should see this guy move. Yeah. yeah, incredible salsa dancer. Yeah, yeah. And when I, we I can, can no longer it. dance as a couple, I can, I can, I can <laughs> feel it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those were great classes. Friday night, by the way, anyone, if you're, if you're listening before Friday, we'll be down at Cloud Nine. Um, yeah, check doing one cur- of our famous. Check out all the curve bikes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, famous moves. But yeah, then you just decided, you know what? Yeah, it's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And I, yeah, the idea kind of grew and grew, and I so I resigned, you know, and and then resigned from my job and gave gave quite a notice period. And so, were you at Rafa at this time still? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I gave a long notice period. We were we were coming into you know the summer, so a busy period and TDU and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, mm. and I wanted to be a part of that for the yeah. last sort tour of, down under the last hurrah. Yeah, so it was a good time. Um, I was, was there. I was there at eighteen. Yeah, at eighteen tour down under. You were. Yeah. Oh, you remember me, oh, do yeah. you? I remember the hair. Oh, yeah. How about it? He was blowing. Did you in guys the wind. not meet then, like formally? Well, very briefly. Must have met briefly. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. about it? It was amongst uh, the chaos of Tour Down Under. Tour Under, yeah. So. But you went to the 2019 one. Yes, this year. This yeah, year, yeah. not 2018. 2019 oh, okay, was the last. Yeah. Oh, 2019 was mm-hmm. the last one, of course. Yeah. yeah, and then Gus. That's why it's so relevant to yeah. all of our, you know, faithful followers mm. on Race Ride Seek and Giro oh, yeah. Podcast. The connection. This is stuff that's only just happened. Yeah. yeah. Like Gus is telling us stories from this year about this Mongolia year, yeah. and Kyrgyzstan. Mm-hmm. And then one special story from when he was a much younger man. <laughs> <A> young boy. <laughs> Manhood was a thing on the horizon, yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Gus. So, so then you, you picked up, you decided, what, what horse am I going to take? Mm. What machine... Is going to withstand <laughs> the perils Rigors. of Mongolia. Is going to be able to get me across Kyrgyzstan. Am I going to have a horse? <laughs> Should I use a steel horse? Yeah. And at this time, we were obviously, you know, parading around the V2 Kevin of Steel as probably, you know, super mi- su- superheroes are not made out of titanium. No. <laughs> They're made out of steel. Kevin of Steel is what you need. Correct. And obviously Jimmy Ashby, youngest man to or youngest person to ride around the world, was on a Kevin of Steel mm. at that stage. Um, you know, Kevin was getting a lot of notice. Mm. And Gus had obviously seen a lot of Rafa, Rafa crew coming on some adventures yep. in Melbourne. Yep. And you were like, do you know what? I think Kevin's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we yeah we spoke about it. I remember back in late 2018, and then yeah, it was late 2018. We sort of slowly organised it, and then I yeah, I mean, I I think I flew down to Melbourne uh, uh, two weeks or ten days before I flew out of Australia. Yeah, really. Picked it up. Picked up. I did a trip from a, a sort of yeah to a did it worked as a guide, and we did a trip from Canberra to Melbourne. You're riding on some great you know backcountry roads in the Alpine there. And rode Kevin for that week, and uh, and was you know sold straight off you know we were straight off the bat worked I was comfortable everything like that and that was sort of a really good hit out to before I took it to places where 
no Kevin of Steel had ever been. Well, maybe they had, but we um, it was the land of the unknown, definitely, yeah, certainly cool. for me. So, but yeah, it was, it, you know, I went and picked it up and there was something like five or ten, ten days, two weeks, whatever, and then and then I was out, I was out of here to, uh, or out of Australia to Japan. So, to yeah. Japan. Mm. Okay, so. We've referenced Mongolia. That's how you a lot. get to Mongolia, mate. Yeah, it's on route. Yeah, so you've got to get to. So hop. let's let's talk talk <laughs> us through that process. So you say, right, I'm booking a one way ticket to Mongolia or to Japan. <laughs> yeah, I, I booked. I actually booked. Uh, I booked through the local Narrabri travel agent. I booked all, all all my flights and everything all the way through to. Uh, to London to get me to London. How about it? Yeah, right. so eight eight months or you know seven months worth of flights. Um, and I sort of yeah, I built myself a bit of a plan to to go into Japan. I wanted to catch up with some friends there, and and really had wanted to ride through there, and then um, onto Mongolia, Central Asia, and then eventually through Europe into the UK. But um, yeah, my first stop was Japan, and I, I caught up with some of the Rafa crew in Japan, and uh, stayed up in Nobuyama, and 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 uh, yeah, did a sort of about a, almost two weeks worth of riding, which took me over to the coast, the northwest oh, wow. coast, and. Yeah, just all on my own, and and I had an amazing time there, and it was a, it's a beautiful way to kind of, uh, you know, introduce myself to what would be my life for, you know, the inevitable yeah. future. Yeah. Um, you know, really hospitable, friendly country, amazingly beautiful, and you know, great food and um, incredible history and culture, and mm. yeah, I was able to sort of take all that in and. Yeah, my my friends who were over there looked after me with routes and where to go and some tips and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah, it was a very kind of gentle easing into bike, you know, full time bike packing. I guess living on the bike and everything. And yeah, it was before I knew it, it was over. And then I was flying out straight out to Mongolia from there. Um, and then that was uh, yeah, I landed in Ulaanbaatar and sort of took a demolition derby taxi ride, you know, through the main road in, from the airport into the city. Oh man, chaos! I remember you telling me about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just like a six-lane highway where no one knows how to drive. Yeah, huh. yeah. Everyone's going different directions. The road's full of potholes. Every five meters, there's cars blowing up, breaking down, and a lot of their cars are imported from either Russia or Japan. So you've got left hand and right hand drive. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's fifty-fifty. Oh, you know, so, left or right hand so. drive. <laughs> you've just come off a flight from you know, and you kind of just what the you know what the hell's going on here? And yeah, and the the way of life over in in Mongolia in those countries is very much it's very simple compared to I guess how we live. Mm. Um, in that they don't you know survival is their main priority. They yeah. don't they're not fussed with survival on common sense. Yeah, 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 basically they're not fussed with stopping at a red light yeah, or yeah. you know yeah. it's just i've got to get from point a to point b or yeah. i've got to do whatever i've got to do so it was seeing the calmness of these of the taxi driver and other drivers just kind of in this you know midst of chaos yeah um was quite hilarious quite a contrast but yeah got into Ulaanbaatar, the capital of mongolia and then yeah i started a sort of couple of week journey from there and wow. Yeah, I was uh, just sort of headed a bit into the unknown, but um, was that March then? That was May. May. That was May. It was end of May when end I arrived May. in Mongolia. I so think. was it? Oh, okay, wow. So it was beginning of summer. Yeah, very I, was beginning thinking, of summer. I was thinking it's going to be yeah spring. So did you get to see um, Japan in spring? 
Mm, uh, late spring. Late spring. Yeah, I saw a few oh, cherry blossoms. Cherry you blossom, missed the yeah, cherry blossoms. Yeah, I missed the peak of it, but I saw, some, I saw some cherry Oh, did you? Blossom. Oh, okay. Mm, beautiful. Right. And then went straight across to Ulaanbaatar. Yeah. Wow, sorry to interrupt you there. So what just was cherry the... blossom for me has been so, one of the must-dos. And Japan. Japan's like You know, Japanese odyssey. Yeah. I'd love to just go and do that and just yeah just do I met, I met do the guy, entire island. I, I met can, this guy earlier yeah. this year actually a, 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 a friend stag. Mm. And lovely guy. He's you know he's you know now settled down married with kids and we were at his house. But when he was 18 he took 3 months and just cycled around Japan mm-hmm. on his three old months. tours. And he and he gave me his journal. Mm. Oh. And oh, I've I've read right. it and I'm just like oh this it's just top of my list yeah uh, so what good. a place it literally covered journal. all of Japan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool that, but that's the thing though three months to do Japan I mean you look at it on the map yeah, yeah. and it's a very small country but oh, it's, that's the com- thing is compared to but it's it's there's oh. so much there yeah and that's the thing I've really come to learn is that like. Yeah. The more the more places you see, the yeah. more you want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could, it's you, you know there's yeah. just never enough time yeah. to to spend in these places or in yeah. any place because there's mm-hmm. just so much to learn and see and people to meet and experience and yeah, that, it's funny the three months through Japan. Yeah. I mean, I was two weeks and I just yeah. felt. Yeah. I mean, I felt oh, I could do yeah. two years. You know, yeah. it's it's an incredible place. All right, so you're in you uh, you land in Mongolia and you land Bator. Yeah, um, which is kind of pretty much slap bang in the middle of Mongolia. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. sort of north but <clears throat> central. Roughly, yeah, yeah, pretty much in the middle. I've gone through there on a train, but that was it. That's my that's my only claim to Mongolia. Mm. Yeah. Have you really on a yeah, train? On a train, yeah, yeah. Trans Siberian. There's actually the Trans Mongolia, not the Siberian. Oh. Yeah, there's yep. two lines, but that we to the Trans Mongolian. Yeah. Um, wow. But that was it. So, uh, but you kind of, you know, you're looking out the window at like the Gobi Desert going, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I want to come back. Yeah. Um, Gee. But uh, yeah, so you get to Yulamator. Yeah. And then what's the plan? Um, I mean, I had a couple of days to um, just get myself sorted and kind of adjusted and uh, make sure, you know, my bike and everything like that had traveled all right and just get it built and, you know, just do a couple of little rides to test everything and then just buy any bits and bobs that I needed and uh, food and supplies and that sort of that sort of stuff. And then, um, yeah, believe it or not, I'd been able somehow to book a bus ticket months before through the internet huh. to some place in Mongolia that uh, ended up I rocked up to this bus and, you know, yeah, my name's Angus Spurrell and... Yep, the, here's a ticket for me, and I, which I couldn't believe. I mean, you, how you, about it? It rocked up to this bus stop, and there's, you <laughs> know, there's, like, there's, oh, there's, hey, more, yeah, there's more goats than people, you know, trying to get <laughs> yeah. on and off of these buses. There's, and there's just, a goat there with a sign on his back saying Angus Burrell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, just absolute sort of chaos. But uh, I ended up on this bus, and and I think I journeyed. This is about. where you trashed Kev as well, though. Yeah, Kev. Because Kev, Kev, Kev was strapped onto the top of the bus. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kev wasn't allowed to ride on the inside mm-hmm. with everyone else. He probably wouldn't have wanted to. Well, maybe. true. He wanted to see the sights. <laughs> yeah. But he likes the fresh air. Yeah. But apparently the tyre of the bus was rubbing on Kev's face the whole time. So he got a oh, complete no. facelift. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, they just wore away his tyre. Yeah. Just oh, wore yeah. it off. Just like, so when Gus finished, yeah. he didn't have a tyre. No. Wow. So he finished the journey, he got off, and they were like, here's your bike. And they're like, yeah, but where's my tyre? 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate, the goat. Sorry, mate, goat chewed it. <laughs> yeah, goat was hungry. Uh, it was it was a ten, nine or ten hour journey or something or something. I'm just know. reliving all these stories because if you haven't or you don't know of the Gus Wagon and his journal, he actually posted a lot of his stories. And I used to follow Gus's stories because he'd write. Well, the clever thing was he'd want to remember it. So the, some people take photos, some people post to Instagram in that way, or you know that, that's how they diarize or remember these things. Gus writes in a journal mm. that he keeps with him which is now turned into like the bible of gus and then he'd take a photo of it and then he'd post it to instagram so you're there reading gus's journal yeah. and then he'd have a little few photos and i remember some journal yeah about all that yeah, yeah about all that and then you you calling me going i need a tire goats just chewed this thing Bloody <laughs> mongolian me. goat yeah yeah, it was... Um, that may or may not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was all part of the part of the fun of, of these Man. countries is just kind of rolling with the punches. Like I said before, like they don't... There's no... You know, there's no... There's not a lot of care or priority given to material possessions or no. things. It's more... They're viewed as tools, I guess, to help you yeah. get from A to B or survive or that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, which and, they are. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Um, but obviously, seeing a Kevin of Steel in the in the Mongolian wilderness is a rare sight, and sure. um, what it is, <laughs> then the locals yeah. aren't really familiar with. So, yeah, it was just kind of thrown in amongst everything else—bottles of cartons of this and that—and uh-huh. um, yeah. But I, I got out to a small town um, named Tetsaleg, and then uh, which is a really kind of weird, funky town in the middle of yeah, literally nowhere, and then yeah, pushed off pushed off from there um and i spent about yeah it was a bit of sort of two weeks and and i was out in the in the wilderness i think like the first night i spent out there there was a i had a snowstorm come in and sort of cover me cover the tent and everything just as i was cooking dinner and getting settled in for the night and wow yeah it was it just became this um incredible two week or, or so period of my life that felt a lot longer um and when it was over, I was sort of, yeah, I was, I was down, you know, uh, coming. So, so what does, when you say when it was over, essentially you reached the next destination? Yeah. So I've, yeah, how I sort of planned that was, um, it's a combination of things. The great thing about the cycling community and the, and the world of bikepacking is there's just so much information out yeah, there from, absolutely, from yeah. so many people who have been places and done things. And I've kind of used a combination of uh of everything when it comes to helping with route planning and that sort of thing and um like a lot a lot of a lot of information on places like bikepacking.com where there's even routes and you know basically real amazing how-to guides you know and uh, and countries even like mongolia so i've used bits and bobs from everywhere to help me sort of pull together where i'm going and what my plan is and but then obviously when you get out there it very easily all just kind of yeah. falls by the wayside and you have to kind of just, you know, do, you make do with what you've got in yeah. terms of weather conditions or anything. So, yeah. but, um, yeah, I reached the kind of end destination and was, and which was a sort of biggish, reasonably biggish town and could get a bus back into Ulaanbaatar from there. Okay, fine. So you were, that's, you essentially did a trip. It wasn't point to point. It was point to point, but you were reverting back to your destination. To Ulaanbaatar. Okay, fine. Yeah, I mean, it, 
as a first off uh, trip there, I mean, it's it's not the sort of place where you should just waltz into lightly. And, and Mongolia you know, is huge. Yeah, it's, as, a, as oh, a country, it's mate. absolutely huge, massive. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing you, you can't you can't just rock up to these countries or places and go. Yeah. I'm just going to ride across yeah. to you know. I mean, we to, spent we spent two days going across it on a train. Yeah, non. Yeah, and, but we were like. Non-stop, yeah. Well, it, but it was like this small section of like the northern side of it. It was yeah. like the whole thing is huge. Yeah, it's yeah. That's the thing when you when you take the time to look at it on a map yeah, yeah. comparatively to countries that are places that you yeah. know. It's it's incredible. And yeah. same thing, flying, flying yeah, it's in about and out. 2,000, of it. 2000 k's yeah. across. Yeah, you know. Mm. So it's yeah, yeah. It's mad. So 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 it's it's what nearly what. Well, one and a half times as long, K's maybe or, two times K's as long as, as the UK. It's two K's or miles rather. K's. Oh wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like it. I mean, it's. Oh, it's a monster. She's 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 monster. a big, big old thing. So, Mongolia, yep. done. But well, and there's some bits I'd like to come back to on that. But yeah, then. Where next? So obviously you booked your flight through to London. So y- yeah. where were these flights to and from? The next one was to Kyrgyzstan. Okay. So I flew out of Ulaanbaatar directly, I think, directly into Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. And, uh, um, Bishkek. I'd heard a lot about it. I'd, you know, the Silk Road mountain race Silk Road, yeah, had ran one edition. One year, yeah. I think. Second this year. And I'd seen, obviously, photos and read things about that and looked amazing. And, yeah. And I'd known of it, you know, for, for years as well, obviously, yeah. as I said before. and. Um, it was a much more mountainous country than Mongolia, so yeah. and I really wanted to yeah, experience that. And um, and I just heard of a lot of other people, a lot of other friends and people from Melbourne and and, and Australia who had ridden through there or heard stories yeah. and things. So yeah, uh, that was the next sort of just natural <laughs> destination to go mm-hmm. to. Um, and it was about a month I spent through there. Yeah, and yeah, kind of same similar thing. Found read a lot of information and found a lot of tips and tricks and stuff like that online and yeah that was incredible because you know it was i'd I'd almost felt like i'd only just tipped dipped my toe in in mongolia because it was short and having a month there was it it was yeah literally life altering a month in kyrgyzstan yeah, 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 lovely. Through the through the mountains, and was the, this point to point or similar to what you did in Mongolia? Um, it was. It was a big. It was essentially a big loop. It was okay. sort of out of Bishkek, the capital, yeah. around a big lake, which is an which is a glacial lake, Lake Songkol. Okay. Um, huge, big, incredibly blue lake, um, mm. which I sort of rode out along and then up in over a big mountain range mm. called the Tian Shan Mountains, even to kind of the valley beyond that back through and then up over the range again to get back into Bishkek. And, yeah, that was just, yeah, like it's so hard to put into words. It's it's impossible to put into words because it's the the experience is, it's obviously very deeply personal, but it's... Mm you know it's it's so powerful and immense and how do you just describe that in a sentence but if i if i had to try it would be just it really changes you as a person it yeah. changes your perspective and your view and on the world and people and you know many things but uh yeah for me it was just incredible you know because i was out there for a longer period and i really was immersed in it yeah and lovely yeah there was so many beautiful moments and challenging moments and great moments and but yeah it was 
again, it was really hard to come back. So I'm keen to come back to those, that, that, that personal journey that you're on. Um, but let's continue on the geographical side. So Kyrgyzstan and then, yep. and then where? Then I flew, yeah, literally turned the world upside down and flew to France. Paris landed in Paris. And, oh, wow. Oh, that's when you did the Tour, done, uh, the tour de France. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Tours. Yeah, so I worked with uh, Pat Fitzy. Um, oh, bloody Pat Fitzy. Oh, Pat Fitzy. <laughs> yeah. oh. we, did, uh, we did about two or two and a half weeks following the tour with his, with his company, Ride International, and we had a group uh, from Australia. There are other tour providers available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we yeah we had a great two and a half weeks through france and for me it was amazing because you know i was being i was able to see the country and i hadn't i'd been in france a bit and i'd and i'd spent some really beautiful time in france but following the tour and doing that is something that every if you're a cyclist even if you're not a cyclist if you just love france and history you have to do Mm. because it's incredible experience absolutely yeah being able to kind of you know work and and be close to the tour and do that with uh with with fitzy and old mate was awesome because we were close to it we were we were close to the race got to watch it got to see it um we were riding all you know a lot of the famous big mountains that you kind of dream of as a young as a youngster young rider and and just amongst the chaos of the tour so but yeah I'd, i'd just come from not speaking english for a month you know essentially yeah, to sure. being thrust into working you know again which was uh good good day yeah good good day good day uh, bonjour yeah, exactly so it was a for me it was that was an unexpected challenge in that i you know like we said you know it's a personal journey and uh the way it altered me and just just you know my mindset for a yeah. long time was abruptly changed you know yeah. I, was, I, wow. I flew into paris in the evening and had to find somewhere to stay and normally i would just pitch my tent wherever yeah. you know, i'd pitch my tent by the side of a mountain or a river or something there's and gus getting arrested what are you doing here can i just sleep on the couch here no it's no. 150 euros yeah. a night. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. pat fitzy you're gonna pick up the tab <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, it was literally from one extreme to the other. And, another uh, great uh, – sorry to interrupt you there, Gus, but I remember another story you told me was when you pitched up, you know, looking – you know, you've got that thousand-mile stare. Mm. You know, you've been on some serious adventures. You know, you've got this aura about you, bit of a <laughs> bit of a calmness. Oh, yeah. And, you know – Obviously, your clothes have taken a bit of a battering as well. So you look mm. like a the holy shepherd. man that's been on a big pilgrimage. <laughs> <laughs> and you've brought your horse with you. Yeah. And you pitch up to take these poor buggers on a, on a tour around France. And there Gus is with like this beaten up bike. Yeah, bonjour. Looking like a hippie guy. G'day, you bloody legends. Yeah. All right, we're going up one too, and then, you know he's got these tractor tires. Yeah, on, yeah, gravel you know, tires. All this shit Sorry, strapped long, to long his hair. bike. You know, he's like, he's got seventy different tan lines, oh, <laughs> and these people are looking over, going, 
Are we? This is, is this your guy? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, mate, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, he's a, he's a good bloke. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's just come in from Kyrgyzstan. He'll be all right. No yeah, worries. We've got the compass ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. That was so funny. There was a moment of, of sort of, uh, you know what, for those for the customers, but uh, we, yeah, we we turned out. I think a good tour for them. Oh, I think I think any any tour with Gus on it is Absolutely, a tour you want to yeah. be on. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, man. And then so, so, so that was summer. That. So that was that was July. So that was yeah. That was July, and I finished the tour. We finished in Paris, in Paris, and stayed there for a for a few days, a week or so, with a friend of Pat Fitzy's, um, and kind of just got to hang out in Paris a little bit, and hmm. a, a Parisian person, and 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 stayed with them, and got to really learn of Paris a bit, which was nice. And but then I headed down to. Uh, the Limousin region of France, which is sort of central, south central. A beautiful, <laughs> underrated, I would say, part of France. Probably not many people go to. And uh, Tour doesn't really, re- doesn't generally go through there a lot um, because it's not super mountainous no. and it's kind of a bit just isolated. But I oh, had an amazing month of August essentially there. Um, and I was staying with a... In a sort of another full circle, funny kind of moment, full story moment is uh, with the person who got me, introduced me to cycling. Oh, wow. Uh, who now I work with and work for, which is uh, Mark oh, Fenner. Oh, lovely. So I work as oh, part of his. From uh, the coaching. Yeah, so part of FTP training, I work with him, but uh, he, he and his wife, Sally, have moved over to France a few months earlier and have. You know, Are you kidding? Yeah, re-established a new life for themselves there. In, in, in Limousin? In Limousin, yeah. Where, whereabouts? Uh, Chazelles is the name of the, is the, name of the uh, uh, community or town, oh, um, wow. local village. And, Why and, of all places? Yeah, look, they, they, that's the sort of lifestyle that they're, they're after and loved and they'd visited it a few times and oh, seen really? some really beautiful properties and, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, if you can you, see why, right. Yeah, I was there working with them and helping them out, clearing clearing some land and tidying up the place. They've they've sort of had just taken it over by that stage. Oh, they've taken over a bit of bit of a, a gîte. Mm, gîte, yeah, a, a beautiful lake down the bottom, oh. setting up as a carp lake, carp fishery, and just yeah, sensational place. Nice. And so yeah, we we I was working. We were just drinking a bit of nanny goat every night. And oh, um, talking of nanny goat, yeah. George, will you pass me? Uh, would you mind Top up. topping yeah. me up, please, mate? Sorry, folks. We just um, if Drinks if if you're also listening at home and, so, and, and need a, a, a glass, just go ahead and pour yourself one. We're just now's quickly, the moment. Uh, yeah. Now's the moment. So, how long were you there for, Gus? I was there about a month, three okay. three four weeks. With so that would have taken you into September. Yeah, beginning of September, roughly. Um, which was awesome. You know, they're like Mark and Sally, like a second set of parents for me. Um, so yeah, we were catching up and uh, oh, sorry, mate. Top that wine glass up, mate. Uh, we were catching up and talking about where I'd been, and chatting about what they were up to, and learning a bit of French and all that. So yeah, it was great. We 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 I won't try too hard at that. I get critiqued. Um, but then rode. Sorry about that. Then I got back on the bike got, and rode from, from Limousin, central Limousin, down into Spain and to Girona. Oh, that's well, you right. saw Girona's sweetheart, Girona. Tristan Cardi. Yes, exactly. Girona's sweetheart. Girona's sweetheart, resident photographer. 
Australian. Um, oh, I thought that's where you fell in love. Oh, mate. Oh, well, he did with Tristan. Yeah. One look into those pearly eyes. Exactly, mate. Okay. Well, funny story. Again, we mentioned Dr. Dr. Clark earlier. Tristan and Danny and I worked together in Clarence Street. It? Wow, that's back. so You're funny. You're kidding. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. It's... <sighs> cycling world mate and it's, you guys uh, are all littered across the Europe <laughs> yeah man you guys have both been to Girona it's incredibly conducive to cycling yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous yeah. Yeah. Um, just wait till you get to Chiang Mai yeah you're what a mate. place bananas yeah, yeah. Um, alright so Spain and then where in between Spain and and London and London yeah so I had a couple of weeks in Girona which were, which were great just catching up with some really good mates who were living over there you mm. know racing professionally and that sort of thing and down the coast down the, down the southern coast of Spain to Madrid and I flew out of Madrid to um, caught up with some mates in Madrid again and then and flew to uh, uh, London and, okay fine and here I am in, right. in, in London and yeah but yeah as I said before I think you know up to Scotland a little trip through the Highlands yeah and then, uh, well, actually, my original plan was to do a loop of oh, the UK. Yeah, sorry um, about that, Gus. <laughs> but, sorry, Matt. But Rhino uh, changed the plans, and we went to, instead we, of doing that, we went to Lesotho. We went, we went to another yeah, Rhino, mountain kingdom. Rhino, yeah. Rhino likes to change plans. Yeah, last minute. <laughs> Friday's changed, but it's going to be fun. I think, change plans. <laughs> I think we, I came over here and met for a coffee on the Friday. and Just like, bulldozed his way in. Two weeks later... <laughs> Look, it's my leaving dude. I can do what I bloody well please. Yeah, that's funny. Well, it's um, just so I can see everyone at the same time. So if you're right. around, guys, Friday night, Friday come night. on down. This We're leaving. Won't be out in yeah. time. It won't be out in time. It will but, be you know, on Last curve. Friday was historic. That's all you need to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Last, last <laughs> week. Historic. Yeah. All right. So We're all in jail and need to be bailed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, Gus especially. Us. Come and help. Yeah, yeah so we um, went to Lesotho. Mm. We literally, you flew into Durban. Yeah, and uh, with Xavier, our, our other Xavier. wonderful ambassador, the, the, Bel- ambassador. the French Belgian mm. ambassador, because we've obviously got two Belgians, uh, uh, Christophe Allegard, the Flandrian Belgian. He's not so much an uh, ambassador as he is a uh, deity. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, this is true. Christoph, Couple of sips of vino, the and he loses his bloody mind. Christoph, <laughs> yeah, Christoph is, um, yeah, he's a special, special oak, probably two oaks. <laughs> but um, yeah, you flew into Durban, yeah, with um, with Xavier. Xavier, you're on the same flight. Same flight. And um, then you came to Auntie Jill's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a warm, very warm welcome to South Africa. We had a great time. We almost didn't want to leave, really. Didn't I know, we? Jilly's great. Yeah, probably shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lesotho is a tough, tough place. Mm. I mean, you know, when when ten out of fifteen riders all get salmonella, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it 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 puts a dampener on things, especially when it's extremely remote. You're at altitude. Yeah. All the time, all the time, yeah, yeah, pretty much between two and a half and three and a half thousand meters. Mm. Um, yeah. It's windy, you know, sixty to a hundred k an hour mm. headwinds. Unfortunately, yeah, um, you know, we lost a house. <laughs> Gus, Gus, and Steve Gus, Gus lost a bloody house. house. Yeah. Nelly got, <laughs> got killed. Yeah, burnt inside this right. bloody shack. Um, all sorts were kicking off in Lesotho. Mm. You know, we um, we. <laughs> 
put so many people in in uh, the most ridiculous vehicles you've ever seen driving on gravel roads just to get yeah. them across. Lesotho taxis. Lesotho yeah. taxis. Yeah, we had we had fun, but at least we got to meet Auntie Jill and yeah. exactly and Uncle Chris. Chris. Yeah, and my cousin, you know. Tracy flew over from Bath with her young oh, wow. young son, so it was kind of like oh, a. Oh, re- she coming from here? Oh, yeah, she cool. came from mm-hmm. here. She lives in Bath, yeah, and yeah. my other cousin um, Caroline and her boyfriend were there. And then, because it was like her daughter was here from the UK, they were like, "Let's do Christmas lunch." Yeah, <laughs> and oh. so we had all these people over from her side of the family, my side of the family, friends. Gus, Xavier, oh, wow. Nikki, and then half of my mates and all of the riders coming on the expedition. <laughs> so and we all were just sleeping in like, we had the 4x4 <laughs> camper van, the trailer, people were sleeping on the floor. There were there were the Beaumonts down the road that took people in. Oh, wow. It was some great. dogs sleeping with us. Yeah, yeah, we had a couple of dogs. This one dog snores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor old Gus thought it was Steve and didn't <laughs> want to say anything. Steve. And then he rolled over in the morning and there's this little puppy next to him. It's like, that's what's been making the noise? Powerful snore for a small dog. Yeah, scary. Yeah, great trip. Amazing trip. Amazing place that, I mean, I didn't really, I'd sort of heard of through Curve and you guys running a trip there previously. Yeah. Yeah. Another another comparative to Mongolia and and those places just so... uh, so remote and removed from the normal world as we mm. know it but mm. yeah it was a great trip i mean our trip that we went to in january which was kind of in that well just that um midlands area of south africa but we went into lesotho mm-hmm. yeah for just a day yeah. yeah and that one day it was that taste it was like man I, you know we yeah. just went up sony pass and up to black mountain yeah. and then we came down and went back down into uh where was that Lutenny? forget the name of Lutenny. that oh yeah. Lutenny road yeah. Yeah. yeah you know and you're going through like <clears throat> Pretty much the Drakensberg. The Drakensberg, yeah, yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. Maluti, Drakensberg. Amazing part um, of Eastern kind of escarpment of mm. Lesotho. Mm. That, mm. Yeah, because essentially, like, it is a, a kingdom inside South Africa that is pretty much fortified by mountains. Mountains, yeah. The whole way around. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not just any old mountains. They are literally, you go from... 800 meters yeah. above sea level to two and a half, three thousand. Yeah, and we had snow there the week before. You remember, mm. Kevin was up there and riding, and he was like, Oh, you wouldn't believe it, but there's bloody snow up here, boys. <laughs> I was like, Oh, great, it's uh, it's October, yeah, uh, should be summer. Wow, We're at least um, coming into the throes of summer, so yeah, it was uh, it was definitely an adventure and it was a it was one of curves proper expeditions that we put on in conjunction with benki and our curve africa um kind of uh setup that we have down there and uh yeah i had to change gus's plans of riding around the uk UK in the middle of winter i was like uh, all all you're gonna see is clouds and rain yeah and probably the lot, a lot of the inside of pubs. Yeah. Not a lot of rice. No, no, no. Pub. Yeah, one pub. <laughs> yeah. The sheaf. The, the, the sheaf. sheaf. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Gus, you know, I've heard some of these stories before. Yeah. And I suppose maybe the next part of this, you know, kind of conversation is 
around that personal journey that you've been on. And that's something that I, for me, I find incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Um, I remember we had Jimmy Ashby, who's just the most mm. remarkable young guy. I think he's just turned 20. Yeah, and he um, just won the Australian yeah. Geographic um, yeah. Young Adventurer. Young Adventurer of the Year. Of the year, yeah. you know. of the year. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So he stopped through here a couple of times on his journey. Yeah. And um, he stayed at, you know, the, the second time he stayed at our house. Yeah. And he's just this, you know, at the time he was just this 19-year-old kid. Yeah. But there was a element for me personally that I was looking at him with almost it's not the right word but almost a, 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 a almost an envy mm-hmm. in that this kid 19 who's been on his own cycling around the world meeting all kinds of different people and then saying goodbye to them and then seeing some of the most spectacular places in the world mm-hmm. he just had this air of calm about him yeah and this air of contentment of just maybe an understanding of humanity I don't know what it is but there was something I was like, wow, to have that at his age at 19 was spectacular. And mm. he was just, he was okay. As in, he mm. was okay with himself. Yeah. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Like, he was okay. Yeah. Nothing was really going to shake him. And I'm sure it hasn't always been this amazing journey of just, you know, I'm sure there's been some scary times. I'm sure there's been some exciting times. Yeah. But the result of all of those things left him being in this place of, just this contentment. I remember sat at dinner at our table, just myself, Hannah, and, and he, and just thinking, going, look at this mm. kid. Yeah. Like, it, it was amazing, and I, felt very, likes, I, and I felt very inspired by him. Gus likes to say the world is a book, <laughs> but if you do not travel, you only read one page. Ooh, it's beautiful. Mm. Poetry. Well, what, what I was going to say is, you know, Gus, I, I very much see this similar, those similar traits and that... You know, obviously, you're a few years older than, than Jimmy. You, you've had your experience in, in Melbourne. Yep. <clears throat> but maybe instead of me kind of continuing to talk about it, maybe have you recognized a, a shift in perspective of just being Gus or just being mm. you, just being human from the moment you left Melbourne to going through... Mongolia, through Kyrgyzstan, through all these places. Have you felt a shift? Is there something that that has resonatedly changed within you? Or yeah, I mean, that's that, I know that's a very deep question. Mm. Um, but okay, you're nodding mate. along. I'm sure you can understand you, you what, can, I'm, tr- can what just I'm trying let to get answer to. The, it now. I'm sure cool. you can understand what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. It, it, yeah, how yeah. has that experience been for you on a personal level? And I know you've been journaling it. Has that personal journey been a, a factor? Yeah, it's yes is the short answer. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, first I would I would I guess I'd just like to say about Jimmy. I mean, I haven't had the chance to meet him, but mm. I've I mean, I remember I've I've seen a few posts and and sort of through through Curve and a few things on through the internet and social media. I've just seen some footage and and read a few articles and bits and bobs of Jimmy and and it's funny that you mentioned calmness and you know it's just that word calmness because i i really see that in yeah, jimmy well, yeah. having not met him yeah. just just seeing little snippets or mm. even reading if you read some of his posts on his uh you know on his instagram mm. or interviews and things where he's where he's been where he's uh where he's been asked about his journey his his maturity and his yeah, calmness maturity is a key word yeah yeah it's it's for a guy who's 19 or mm. you know nearly 20 it's um it's uh, it, yeah, it's incredible mm. and you know, I, I've not met the guy, mm-hmm. but I, I can, I reckon, I can pretty confidently say that 
you know watch this space in terms of what he'll go on to do in his Absolutely. in his life and, yeah. it, and it may be cycling related yeah. it may not be it might yeah. be something com- completely different but f- you know, you you just see it in him. I mean, he's mm. he's he's a, he's got a wisdom beyond his years in Absolutely. terms of his age, and he's you know, and I sort of know just from my, I haven't done what he's done in terms of uh, you know going as for as for as far and as long and sort of doing literally around the world. But yeah. I, you know, I, I can I can sort of see bits and pieces from what I've seen of him and. Yeah, this what he's done, what he, the trip yeah. that he's just done mm. and that he's completed will will very much shape him who he is as yeah. a man growing growing yeah. into the rest of his life. And the, the interesting thing about him is when he was over here, it was towards the end of what his what is now his kind of like quote unquote completed journey. But he didn't yeah. want to stop. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted to keep going. Yeah. He didn't do Japan, he wanted to do Japan. There were he wanted to do Canada, all these things yep. that he wanted to do, but the circumstances dictated okay well i have to go back yeah. and i've got to earn some money and you know yeah. kind of he actually itching, uh, he itching actually to kind of get back to the a next new bicycle point. that's right what's the what the spirit belgy spirit belgy spirit yeah, yeah he wants to race the indie pack oh wow that's exciting yeah, yeah across across australia he wants to, now that he knows that he can go long he wants to he can go <laughs> long and fast long and fast long. So, yeah. so that that's interesting and yeah i think a lot of things happen in jimmy's life to shape you know the motor neuron disease, losing his grandma. Mm. You know he raised a lot of mo- money for MND. Huge amount of money. Yeah, uh, yeah, amazing. Mm. And um, yeah, so yeah, big, sh- big shout out to Jimmy. Yeah. You know he actually was talking this evening at Curve. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Wednesday yeah, night yeah. at Curve, which is obviously they, they're in the future. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's it's already come and gone, but. Um, yeah, that was one of the big driving factors about, you know, getting on the road for him. Yep. Um, but yep. let's not lose sight of the question here, Guthrie. <laughs> You're going to have to give us some deep and meaningful. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. deep and meaningful. Because I, I remember talking to you and, you know, the whole kind of question of, um, you know, what is enough? Yeah. You know, people's pace of life has changed Mm, yeah you know a lot of people are getting into cycling because they're almost trying to to escape yes almost the life that they have unfortunately found themselves in Mm -hmm. and um it can everyone around them has found themselves yeah and it's like oh cycling is the new golf but it's like why is cycling the new golf because there's so many people men and women getting into it and you're seeing a lot of the same personality types yep. in it as well and it's such a close community because I think a lot of people are also struggling with this new pace of life that they're trying to adapt to Yeah, and unfortunately a lot of people are riding away from their problems not dealing with them mm, yeah. and you know we were talking about getting some pers- perspective on all of that Yeah, and really kind of essentially accessing a bit more of that mindfulness that you're searching for by removing yourself from the chaos. Mm. And um, I guess you're going, you're going to pretty much enlighten us right now with what all the answers <laughs> Get are. ready, yeah. <laughs> so strap in. Yeah, the answers, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a very personal journey that yeah. you go on that I've been on. And, yeah. Um, 
I mean, I mean, I, I know Ryan. We we spoke about it. This is back in Melbourne before I before I even left, and also Adam. You know, Adam from Adam Lana from Curve as well. I remember having a, a poignant chat with Adam. It was when I went down to pick up Kevin of Steel, the superhero. Told you not to have a beer with him. Do you not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But um, <laughs> he's good. But we were talking and chatting, and he was, you know, he was going, "Mate, you're going to Mongolia? Like what? You know, because." That was the other funny thing. May I should probably prep, I should probably start with this is when I started to say, uh, I mean, at, at Rafa even, and and you know, as I was sort of leaving and serving my notice period, and it was kind of saying farewell to Melbourne. It was I, I was saying I'm, I'm off to ride. I'm going to Mongolia, and I'm running around. And people were going, "What? Wow!" People were asking, "What do you What do you mean? Or why? Or all these questions wow. of, yeah like you, of you've got doubt. a good job that's, you, that's really you're that's running really strange and so why did, would you do that did yeah that, did that I mean one um, yeah maybe I'm not surprised about it I, I would like to think I'm surprised about it but maybe I'm not but did that cast out in your mind no I mean I'm a peculiar person I know that I'm aware of that um, <laughs> and have been for a Become long time very self-aware yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've known that for a long time but I yeah. mean I've never excuse me like I've never uh, I think probably luckily I don't think I've ever felt that I've needed the validation or yeah great you know uh, support or or, or permission or you know things mm. like that for acceptance from other people yes. I should say to do what I wanted to do yeah um, if anything it probably fueled a fire in me to say that I was doing the right thing yes. for people to be going why wow. you know asking those questions but if anything what it raised in my mind was there is something a little bit wrong if people are saying to me, "Oh, mate, that's a bad idea." Yeah, you're going to get eaten. Yeah. People were literally saying, "Mate, you get eaten." Yeah, wow. You, you'll walk into a tent and you'll never walk out. Your bike will just be left there, and you know you'll have been eaten, and we'll hear about you on the news. And I literally would have that from you're people. You're saying the bike survived. The, yeah, well, the bike. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay, the bike on. survived. <laughs> but that, but people were saying that with genuine conviction. Wow. Um, and people from all walks of life and everything and yeah so it was if anything for me that that fueled the fire that in me that i had to go and do it because yeah. uh y- y- you know it, it really just highlighted to me that there was something wrong but yeah as you mentioned something wrong with people's mindset if a yeah. young person i mean i'm i'm not young i would say but no you're young yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm young yeah, yeah. you're but, 20 years old yeah yeah you just look look ancient rugged yeah. you look rugged yeah you look yeah, 27 you look yeah, mature you're, 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 you're fine you look mature yeah. but for me what was really kind of concerning was for for people especially older people to be saying to a younger person yes. oh no no well you can't be doing that you've yeah, got to be wow. making something of your life mm. you know you got to be you know, you got to be working you know mm. i kind of went mm, no nah, that's that's the wrong advice to be giving to a young person yeah um, it's funny though because we were all told that. Yeah, we were told that. We yeah. were all, and we've ended up somehow by yeah. hook or crook breaking free from yeah. those boomers, bro. Freddie yeah, Mercury, but mate, he honestly, said, yeah. for a long time, I think everyone, yeah. you know, was yeah. trying to push you in one direction, and it certainly wasn't the one we're all all in right now. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, I've kind of sorry, <laughs> sort mate. of sidestepped where I was, but but the conversation I had with Adam. You know, from 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 Curve back in Melbourne was he was asking me, so are you gonna are you gonna share it? Are you gonna blog about it? Are you oh, going yeah. to post about I it? And I'd said to him at this point, I said, mate, to be honest, no, yeah, because I'm doing this because I want to go there, 
and it was a little bit harsh of what I said, but I said, if if people want to go, go. Yeah. It's there. It's easy to book a ticket. You know, it's go and jump on the internet, book, book yourself for this, now that. Now you're a social media superstar talking on a podcast. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. How life, how things go. Yeah. <laughs> but he you're, said, you're he changed welcome. my mind and said, mate, when I, he, he had done Race to the Rock and he, and he told me of his sort of journey and what it was, what it was for him. Yeah. And he said how transformative it was for him and, He's also a similar belief to me in that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just sort of tell everyone what I'm eating for breakfast and everything on social media. But he yeah. shared yeah. what it meant for his family and what it meant for his close mm-hmm. friends and family for, to, to have a couple of updates. And and I and I sort of realised, yeah, that's important. Yeah. And I put myself in the shoes of my parents and my family and yeah. think, and, and even my mates thinking, well... You know, if old Gus was out there in the middle of Mongolia, for a lot of people, that's a, a very strange, confronting proposition. So yeah. it was really for my family and friends that I thought I should let them know that I'm alive and well and all that sort of thing. But so that's how um, that Adam sort of really changed my perspective in sharing mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. it was intended to, yeah, just be a very personal Your journey. personal journey. And I've... And- tried to keep it I guess that way but and you know what credit to you because you know I I very much appreciate from a from my own personal perspective I appreciate how you're sharing it and that you're not you know on Instagram all the time yeah but you're what you are sharing is very um select and for lack of a better word curated yeah and that you know you are sharing what you're writing in a journal which i think is a lot more powerful and i suppose i I suppose it speaks to you as a person and you as a character that actually this is my own personal journey and i'm choosing to let you guys in on it as opposed to i'm doing this journey because i want you to see it and there's a very very big difference there yeah yeah i thought i sort of came up with the thought of how would i want to share it and, and thought about it and I knew I was going to write a journal or a diary yeah. anyway, and Lovely. Uh, I thought it would be a unique way to do it. And um, but the the way I, I didn't, yeah, as you said, I didn't want it to be a, a unnatural thing. And so, yeah, the way the way that I share it is, um, I don't try to paint a picture of how it is. I, I think I've shared a fairly honest view mm. of how it is: the mm. good moments, the bad mm. moments, and um, yeah. I mean, I don't share every single day, but yeah, moments that I think are kind of either funny, interesting, scary, challenging, yeah. Yeah. you know, good or bad. I yeah, that they, they, they go out there and yeah. Um, yeah so it, it's been interesting to see how people react and perceive that. And you know, I don't, I don't, I don't sort of worry too much about that. But mm. yeah, it's been um, it's been interesting doing that. But uh, yeah, the the journey that I've been on. Uh, and I've had some really amazing conversations with people about it who have done similar things. And I spoke of Mark and Sally, who I stayed with in France. So that to, a brief background history on them. They're two incredibly accomplished, talented people who have travelled the world and, um, you know, been professional sportsmen of, and mm. sports people of different levels. And for their honeymoon, they rode the Continental Divide. Oh, wow. In okay, fine. the year 2000, I think, which is... How about it? This is back in the day before... Yeah bikepacking was yeah, a thing yeah. before yeah, i think yeah, it was yeah. even a race it had yeah. only just been mapped and they did that for their honeymoon yeah, you know wow. over three months from Banff down to, down to mexico and you know he was my teacher mark was my mm. teacher at, at school mm. and he mm. showed me the world of mm. the tour divide Bo- the tour divide yeah oh, they okay. wrote it before it was the tour divide you know they wrote it for their honeymoon no 
they rode it over three months. They Champion. rode it over three months. I think wow. the guys that race it do it in 12 yeah, days 12 or something days, like 11 that. days is the record or something. Yeah, yeah Jesse, Jesse, uh, <clears throat> Jesse came second in that. Mm. Yeah. Come on, Jesse, sort it out, mate. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the record? Is it, is it Lyle who's got the record? Still Michael. Michael. Michael? Yeah. 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 Right. So we had some interesting conversations when we were in France together about this, but for me, where, where it came down to and for me where it, I, guess, I guess it's gotten me now is... It does change you. It, yeah. it, it changes you massively as a person. The changes are really profound in who you are, your character, probably your beliefs, but uh, very much how you then perceive the world that mm. you're in and how you interact with people and you really just rolls through every aspect of your life, how mm. you, what you value is important, mm. uh, what you value is um as what you you know what your level of risk is i guess um and when i say what you value is important you know it really redefines things like material possessions and money and wealth and all that sort of thing because you know you spend time with people in these sort of countries where you know the most i mean to try and find an example you know it's it's impossible to they will never. Some of them will never have a shower in their life. They will mm. never stand under a shower and have water come out of a out of a out of a, out of a shower head. Some of them, will, some of these people in the world, a lot of people in the world, will never have that. Mm. And we have a shower every day, if not a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, we a get day. pissed off if we don't have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, the longest I've been so far without a shower is about two weeks. Mm. And you realise that. I actually don't need to shower every yeah. day, and I mean, I'm, I know I smell a bit at the it's moment. That understanding of need, yeah, but um, but you realise that all those things that we have and we take for granted are, are great, and they make our life very comfortable and easy um, and secure. But we didn't we didn't come from that yeah. as a human, as a species. Mm. I guess we came from having nothing, very yeah. very little, yeah. and. Uh, going into places where people are, are living closer to where we came from is mm. very enlightening because you see you, you know you see you see how it was or nearly how it was you mm. know people living without all that without electricity and running water and mm. it's very easy to just say oh people live without running water but what that means is they walk some of them might be five kilometers ten yeah. kilometers with a drum yeah might be 15 20 liter drum when they mm. fill it up that's 20 kilos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They walk back with, yeah. or maybe it's strapped over the back of a camel or a horse yeah. or a motorbike, and they take that back to their home, their abode, whatever that might be. It might be a cave or a yurt, a tent, or mm. a, um, you know, not even. And that becomes that's their water to yeah. bathe, to cook, to clean. And when that runs out, they've got to go back and get it. There's no yeah. tap that you just run on, and it's very hard, I think to just imagine what that's like until yeah. you are in it, until yeah. you spend a night with yeah. a family in a yurt yeah. and you watch them do it all. Yeah. And they're very efficient. They're, there's no wastage. There's no kind of um, – there's not even a wasted movement. Everything they do in terms of just their movement, where they put things and place things and how they do it is very intentional because mm. they know that – you know, if that fire burns for an extra second and mm. the food that I'm cooking is not on it, that's wasted fire. That's yeah, wasted fuel, yeah, whether right. it's timber or coal or whatever they're burning. You know, that's that's wasted. So yeah, their their connection to 
nature, I guess, and just what where human beings came from is yeah. much closer than we could ever be yeah. living in Isha or Melbourne or yeah. Sydney. Um, so that uh, for me, that that perception of what is important and what's valuable and and then how that then affects people mm. is has been very enlightening and yeah. where it's I sort of touched on it before when I said it was it was really hard when I came back into Paris or it was really hard when I finished all these little legs because I would come from that world you yeah. know you you absorb yourself you become part of that world where you're you're living exactly as everybody does and then all of a sudden you you're back on the streets of Paris or you're back on the streets of London yeah. And, there are people literally knocking you over to get on the tube or to get, you know, here or there or a restaurant booking or something. And, yeah, that, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Life's like that and people are living in different parts. But, yeah, it, it changes you because the person that I was when I left, I'm not that person now. Yeah, wow. Well, that's sti- powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm st- I've still got the same passport. Still and ID, gas. But still gas. But, uh yeah so yeah so obviously you've got more you've got more travels planned yeah you know i know you're shortly off to argentina Mm -hmm. you've kind of had this hiatus so to speak here in yeah this small microcosm that is isha (laughs) one of the questions i was going to ask you is and it was something similar that i was talking to jimmy about when he was here and there was this kind of almost um this feeling from him that he almost didn't want to go back. He wanted to see his family. He missed his family. He's long for his family, mm-hmm. you know, and that was his, you know, connection to home. Yeah. But he wanted to continue on this journey. Like you've been in this microcosm here in Isha, which, you know, I'd like to think that we've given you this other connection and you're yep. staying with Stephen Rachel legends, that kind of sense of family. Yeah. Can you foresee yourself going back you know, can you, or is this going to be this kind of quest to continue on until, I don't know. Does that make sense? Is, is that, that question, does that make sense? You know, yeah. can you see yourself settling, you know, after having experienced, uh, you know, a few, you know, let's say half a year of mm. being not in this kind of normal quote unquote Western world where things are provided for you, you have a career, you do all this stuff. Can you see yourself going back? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And so what does that look like? Well, I mean, for me, yeah, I, I, at this point, you know, and it, and it may change down the track. I may, you know, my thoughts and feelings might change. But at this point, I I want to keep it going. I yeah, wanna, lovely. As I said earlier, there's when you the more places you see, mm. the more you want to see. Mm. It's, it really is mm. like that. The more experiences you have mm. and people you meet out in the road and in those places, you kind of realise – shit that's where it is that's where life happens it's out there it's not it's not in the streets of sydney it's not in the middle of cbd that's kind of where the in my opinion that's where the worst of humanity is showcased i'd agree yeah the best experience of humanity for me have been in places where i've only been able to communicate through sign you know through hand signals and and uh a place i don't know a country i don't know languages i don't speak and and just sort of that's where you see the best of humanity. I mean, I've I've made friends in Kyrgyzstan. I've I've stayed with families there where they've taken me in and for no reason. And yeah. you know, there's nothing you can do to them other, for them other than to say thank you because mm-hmm. um, they for them <laughs> it's it's funny, but for them you, you if you if you offer them money, they'll say no because money yeah. is for them and not even of importance. Yeah. 
I mean, if that's just the way their life is, and Mm. so yeah, for me, I want to. I'm kind of in a way chasing more experiences like that. I want to continue to see that. And Argentina is there. I'm really looking forward to that because it'll be it'll be similar in terms of remoteness in in parts, but but challenging in that it's another Mm. language which I can sort of speak. (laughs) But uh, Mm. I'm looking forward to just being out there and immersed in it again, and just you know rolling with the punches a bit seeing what happens and overcoming the challenges that that pop up and mm. but yeah I, i'm aware that at one point yeah it'll it'll end and i won't be able to just keep pedaling off into mm. the horizon mm. and i think i'm very in how i've been altered and changed i'm aware that when i do come back to australia for example if it is australia that i decide to go back and and stop I don't want to go back to the same life I had before. Mm. I think my the person who I am now would not fit yeah. into that. And if uh, I would have to be really forcing myself to go in there, which mm. which wouldn't be a good thing. Mm. I think, yeah, the way that I'm going to have to go back is going to be different and in a way that's going to suit me and what I want to keep doing. Yeah, and good for you. Yeah, it's kind of a curse, but a, but a good curse in a way. I think it's a great curse, man. And, you know, to your, you know, to your credit and to maybe put, you know, wind in your sails, um, it's been great spending some time with you over the last few weeks, you know. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. of course I appreciate your journey and I certainly appreciate um gleaning from your experience. Yeah. And but as a just an encouragement to you, you know, even though you're doing it alone, I think I can speak for a lot of people to say that what you're doing I find really inspiring. And I know a lot of people that you know, find very inspiring where they have that courage and, you know, maybe life situations that go, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm just going to go. Mm. And, you know, I, <laughs> I hope, you know, that in my own life I have the experience to do something similar, you know, whether it's experiencing and kind of getting lost from your norm. Yep. Um, uh, I think that's uh, the rhino rung and that's happening <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in November. So, yeah. um, but with, you know, and... But just you as a person as well, you haven't been this um, strange mystic that's just come into our midst. You've been a, a really down-to-earth human that's just got yeah, stuck in. And, and no, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, you could yeah. be like, Chitter Chitter Chitter. Chitter. you could yeah. be this guy who's you know just come in you know from the wilderness and you know yeah. is so far removed because you're just lost on this own personal journey. Like fuck yeah. that. Like you know you're still Gus. You're still this human, but. I've really enjoyed getting to mm. hear and glean from some of your experiences. So yeah. carry better, on, man. Better, I, I'm, I'm so for it. Thanks, I'm, guys. yeah, I'm yeah. so excited and 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 uh, to hear about your next journeys. Very grateful for your journeys you've been on. I'm just so excited you've been around Isha, mate. Oh, mate! Fucking Isha, what a place! Talk about a highlight. Of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, what did Gus say about you, Isha? He was like, mate. Isha, she's a place like no other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but but no, but yeah, genuinely from yeah from my side, it's after particularly after many months on the sort of road and and living rough somewhat. It's it's amazing to come into a place and be. For me, it feels really much, very much like just being taken in as you know, mm. uh, as as a member of the family and. Yeah. Particularly with Steve and Rach, you know, it's oh, yeah. that's been like a a second set of parents for yeah. me in Asia, yeah, yeah. which um, just 
just natural kindness. Um, what about me and Ryan? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm getting to you. Too. <laughs> bro, bro, I thought uh, I was also like a dad. Rhino's I like I was like a mum. <laughs> Rhino's like my spiritual, my spiritual second. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no, all of no. Stephen Rach have been wonderful. Stephen they have. Rach. Yeah, they're they're genuine. I think Stephen Rach have put every ambassador that we've had <laughs> up in their house as well. Like Christoph's yeah. been there. Jimmy Ashby's been there. Yeah. I used to live there. They're you amazing, know, yeah. Gus has been through there now. We've yeah. had um, Mateo. Mateo. And on. we've had, you know, the German German superstar. Justi. Justi. Justi's Justi. been there too. So, Guten Tag. You know, and that's just this summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Stephen Rach. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, I know Stephen you're listening, Stephen. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it's been great, mate. Well, and, uh, mate, I mean, we wish we'll- you luck. And for you guys too, you know, you guys are doing a George. You, you know, you guys are doing a very special thing here, and that you know, I'd heard about Giro for a long time, being in Melbourne and and just in the sort of small cycling world. But to come and experience it, join you guys for many rides, the the Belgi, that's a very awesome route, I must Belgium. say. Every Wednesday, seven a.m. Tuesday, Tuesday, seven a.m. No, it's been really good, and and for me, you know, it's it's the yin and yang. You got to experience both parts. Being out yeah. in the solitude yeah, is great, that's, but that's a nice way of putting it. To actually, come back yeah, yeah. to the that's a really nice way of putting a community it. is 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 really good, and it's important. You can't have only one thing. You lot, you got to yeah. have both balance in life, and so yeah, no, it's it's been amazing, and it's been good to catch up with the with the great Rhino himself, and we had an awesome couple of weeks in uh, Lesotho and South Africa, and then to come back here and be. Uh, enjoying uh, the fruits of Isha have been um, yeah yeah it's been glorious so well look well, I mean I could, I could talk for days about mm, that so. kind of personal quest and that journey that you're on and I love it and I find it so inspiring and I just I love it and I think you're a good dude for all, all the you know kind of tech sided mm-hmm. folks out there let's talk about the bike mm-hmm. yeah so you've got we, we established you've got the the prototype Kevin of Steel yes. yeah. GXR Steel original but you're literally taking everything that you have and own with you. Yeah. So let's pack let let's pack up. What does that look like physically on the bike? What are you taking? What are you not taking? What have you yeah. thrown away along the way? Oof. Yeah, I mean I've and money, like stuff like money, like you know obviously you've saved a bit before you've come, but how mm. do you access it? Like what's how does that what does that look like? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm very I'm very lucky to have had a uh to have done quite a bit of travel just in life, so I guess I'm I've got some experience when it comes to yeah managing yeah travel and all the kind of logistics that come with that but i guess to to get to the bike the kevin the kevin of steel is it's an awesome bike in that it's just bomb proof yeah i mean you can you know the the way i've the way i probably notoriously treat bikes is a bit rough but uh the 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 Kevin's been very resilient in that I've kind of just strapped things to it, tied things to it, anchored things to it, welded things to welded it, welded things to it, and <laughs> and yeah, hasn't hasn't missed a beat. Other than some Mongolian bus driver kind of deflating a tire on me, I've I've literally just just not had any issues, which yeah. is very reassuring yeah. for for someone for in my curve. position. <laughs> and for yeah, curve. that's right. Yeah. Success. Um, yeah. 
But I guess a, a brief, I mean, I've got some, there's some photos of my bike uh, sort of loaded, I guess, on probably on my, uh, a couple of the posts that I've done where you can kind of visually see what we'll, it's... We'll share some to this as well. Yeah, okay. We'll just yeah. club a link in there. Yeah, all the yeah, links that you've right. talked about today, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll put in there as well. Yeah. yeah. So you, you kind of visually see... And also the pre-order for 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And talk about the tire clearance so people don't get confused with which bike they want to buy. <laughs> yeah, throw that in there. <laughs> Um, but if you go, I guess, from front to back on my forks, I've got strapped my kind of majority of my sleeping or most sleeping system. So a sleeping bag and the tent. Yeah. Um, so very light. I've, I've got a, uh, yeah, sort of bi- bi- uh, com- Australian made Cedar Summit sleeping bag. It's rated pretty low. And um, I've sort of had. Is that low temperatures? Low temperatures. Okay, yeah. I think minus two with a liner i can get it down to sort of minus almost minus 10 so oh my it's goodness pretty good um it's it's pretty good um it's got me yeah. out of trouble so, so you, you, just haven't, you haven't sleeping. heard of booking.com <laughs> <laughs> no definitely not definitely. how nice is it though you just you go you know what i don't want to ride anymore that looks really nice mm. i'm gonna pull up there yeah yeah Some, yeah watch the sunset beautiful part of the world some of the places where I've camped, spent the night, are just ugh, yeah, wow. unbelievable. You'll never forget yeah, them. Unbelievable. And then the stars come out because you're in such a remote location. Yeah. yeah. There's no, you know, um, no what light, uh, the, what's that light called? Light, well, it's, it's like referred to as light pollution. Light it's pollution, not necessarily yeah. pollution. It's just no. light. From is, that, is that the word? Iridescent? Yeah, it's kind of like that haze that sits around. Mm. Yeah. So... I remember people coming to the outback. You know, there's um, a lot of a lot of Chinese mm-hmm. would come to Ayers Rock, and they'd get them to lie down. Like they'd blindfold them, they'd take them out into the bush, <laughs> into the outback. They literally lie them down and then remove the blindfold. Oh wow! And then you just watch tears streaming oh, down wow. their face because yeah, yeah. they've never seen stars. Wow. And I always remember that. I always think about how that. About it? Wow. How lucky you are That's just to look yeah. up and go, mm. yeah. you know, I can appreciate just the beauty of yeah, the it. night sky. Yeah. And I think I think about that a lot, Gus, when, you know, we're not on adventures together anymore. <laughs> no, but it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's what Gus... On the front of his forks, he's got his sleeping system, mm-hmm. yeah. whips it out. Yeah. Yeah, anywhere you, you want. Yeah, anywhere you want. Sorry to railroad your, no, no. your, your pack list. <laughs> I just remembered that was one of those. I hope that was a great story for you all yeah. to listen to. Oh, no, it's be- I'm crying now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit upset about it. Poor, <laughs> poor Chinese people. That, that's a great part of it, though, is, yeah, um, yeah, being able to just pull up stops anywhere mm. and go, this looks good, or there's a river here, there's a water source, or mm. you know, shelter. What's on the uh, non-drive side of your fork? Uh, so that's on the right drive side, right? Your the, camping equipment. Yeah, the tent is on the drive Tent's on side. One side. Sleeping bag is on the on the non drive side. I've been studying Gus's posts, yeah, as yeah. you can see. It's very, all about weight, because the drive side is maybe slightly heavier, mm. maybe. Mm. So you maybe want to put the he- maybe the heavier system over to the on left. On the other side, weight and balance. Is, is there they call a him difference? the load master. Mm. <laughs> 
Mm. <laughs> Depends which way you sit on the saddle. It's right. I it's sit right. askew. Which so. side? Which side do you dress, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the bratwurst? No. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Or the cheese burst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jordan. I know it's a family show. Yeah. Um, and then moving through, sort of aft yeah. into the main the triangle, posterior. You don't. Um, you don't take a full frame bag, do you? Guthrie? I have a full frame bag. Oh, you do. Full frame. Oh, you're yeah. Sarah Hammonding. Full framage windsail frame bag. Yeah, it's it's a revelation because you can just oh, there's a lot of stuff that can go in there. And you don't find that affects knee tracking or you know get a bit of rub. Yeah, look, you get a bit of rub. You do get a, you bit, get of a bit of rub. Yeah, I is mean, that why you grow the leg hair, Guthrie? Yeah, the leg hair. I can't keep on top of it, to be honest. Yeah, mate, I, I know. I've had to shave you down twice whilst you've been here. Yeah, it's a full time job. We've yeah. got some great photos if you'd ever like to yeah, see well, them in the link below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll share some of that. Um, yeah, you get a bit of leg rub with yeah, the frame yeah. bag, but it's, uh, I mean, for where I'm going, I just need, an, I need a fair bit of gear. So. You ever thought about longer um, axles on your pedals just to space that Q factor out? Normally, I'd try to go for the longer axle, yeah, on the yeah. road pedals, but I haven't, haven't got them on. At Are you this running point in time. a mountain bike? shoes and because you're walking around a lot i guess those are your shoes those are your dancing shoes your work shoes yeah your party shoes multi-purpose yeah, yeah. they uh yeah you're using the raffle one still raffa really? uh explore shoes uh, they are uh with some xt shimano xt pedals yeah, yeah. been super solid are you using the raffa explore shoes out of choice or because they were given to you just a question guthrie it's just a, a question. just a just a question um, look, <laughs> I've, let's just say I've got a wide foot, so I've always struggled to fit into shoes. But yeah. the lace-up Rafa shoes, and I can kind of really loosen the uh, the laces down at the bottom of the shoe when my oh, foot okay. is quite wide. It's quite chunky. But, uh, Other lace-up shoes are available. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can... I cannot confirm or deny if they were given to me or if I for them. <laughs> Hashtag ad. <laughs> Hashtag sponsored. I actually don't know. Like, uh, probably, uh, who knows? But, yeah. uh, but no, they, they're good. I mean, they, and they were just what I had. And Yeah, no, it's just without being, you know, smart or yeah, no. you know, being, being a bit of a uh, clever dick. Yeah. So what, how, what clothes are you taking with you? Very minimal, very minimal, um, just everything really. I've basically got a pair of bib shorts that I ride in, one pair of socks that I ride in, a shirt, which is a sort of collared shirt that I ride in, which it's kind of nice because I can open it up and mm. I don't look like I'm a cyclist. Mm. I'm not too kind of weird. Mm. I have... Um, so you don't wear spandex? Yeah, just lycra, lycra shorts, that's it. Bib oh, shorts. but a loose shirt. A loose so shirt. kind of... Yeah, you look a bit more normal, and mm. it's more—it's much more comfortable, breathable. Um, and I'm not riding fast, so it's not a big sort of thing. Um, and have you got like bib longs as well, and like a, a thermal top? Or uh, like- I've got sort of—I've got thermal le- like long johns, thermal yeah. uh, longs, and a long sleeve merino thermal mm. top. Um, mm. A down jacket, uh, some winter gloves. Um, I've got a pair of sort of board shorts, basically mm. that I that I use sort of off the bike. Mm. I've got a yeah a, a, a second short sleeve merino top base mm. layer, mm. a rain jacket, some rain pants, 
Gore-Tex socks. So it's it's pretty minimal. Pretty minimal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is quite minimal. Basically, what I ride in and yeah. a pair of short and yeah. the shirt that I ride in is what I yeah, yeah. you know live in when mm. I'm when mm. I'm not mm. riding and uh, with a pair of shorts, mm. so I can um I can sort of just get mm. around on that. And it's mm. I mean, yeah, the reality is you're spending all your time riding. Mm. You're spending all your mm. time just riding or or mm. hanging about so yeah clothes are a kind of luxury item mm. you're more you definitely more want to have room for food mm. uh f- you know th- it, it, tools and pieces things like first aid mm. you know, on top of the and, technical stuff mm. that you mm. ride with <coughs> yeah. Or have. yeah yeah so it's yeah it's very minimal when it comes to clothing people are often sort of freaked out by that i i had yeah, this is a personal fact, but I only had one pair of underwear for many months, and then after a while, I had a, I got a second pair because mm. it was a bit, yeah, a bit unhygienic, a bit grim, yeah. But well, um, you know, when- all right, well, look, we'll we'll kind of start to wrap things up. Um, obviously, this has been a long one, but you know, Gus, uh, is there anything you want to say, real quick? Is there anything that you feel that you we haven't covered? Yes, the story of the twisted <laughs> testicle. <laughs> I think that's for a part two. Maybe that that's warrants its own two, yeah, podcast, yeah. probably. That, yeah. That's uh, it's probably one of the greatest, greatest stories of triumph mm. and we'll family. Record that one day. <laughs> okay. um, no, look. I mean, it's yeah. Look, I've I've been extremely lucky and fortunate to be able to do uh, take the opportunity to, to 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 go and do what I've what I've done, what I'm yeah. doing, and. I'm really, really thankful and, as I said, you know, really grateful for you guys to have just made me, yeah, feel like I'm part of the family here in Isha and, and Jiro and, and, and the crew here and, yeah, Rachel and Steve again. And, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I'm not really sure what the sort of message is, I mean, other than – I think I know. You know. Well, of course you know, right now. I think I know what the message is. So I'm just going to whip straight into it. Please. Because – we all know the first few words. No man is an island. Oof. Entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind. Beautiful. I mean, what can you say to that? Beautiful. beautiful. All right, well, Rhino, thank you for that. Um, beautiful. Um, Gus. <laughs> you <look. laughs> all right. Uh, look, I mean, no. But I think we're all getting what you're uh, putting down, Gus. Yeah. So, uh, Gus, you're a good man. We you love you, that. mate. We wish you best on yeah, your next journey. Thanks miss for having you me. As well. we're and yeah, miss we're gonna, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. We will. Isha's miss you. not going to be the same without you, mate. And the yeah. uh, the women of Isha are going to be longing. <laughs> going to be longing. Well, All he's right. a good-looking rooster, but he is. Cheers, a, cheers, Gus. A traveling rooster. Safe travels, cheers, mate. Oh, we get it. Yeah. Oh, cheers, buddy. Godspeed. Godspeed, Ooh. my friend. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. See you. Uh, see you soon. All right. See you, buddy.